And so that's their business model. It's almost built on overlending. In fact, it's completely the opposite in Buy Now Pay Later. In Buy Now Pay Later, all of the companies are making a fixed fee per transaction from the retailer. And so therefore, it's actually in their interest for you to pay them back on time every single time. On today's show, we're talking to Philip Bellamont, the CEO and founder of Zilch. And they are the only FCA-regulated buy now, pay later lender. And we're talking all about how we can try and make sure that consumers have money to spend, but in a responsible way, and they're not taking on too much liability. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, where we talk to tech leaders from across the industry and bring you some news and opinion. Joining me today, unfortunately, I'm not joined by a cat lawyer. I'm joined by a quiche. You'll have to do, mate. A cat lawyer would have been very exciting. Very, very good. I can't, I can't put any filters on this uh, on this system that we use. To be honest, Squadcast, but... Squadcast doesn't let me t- let you turn yourself into nah, a cat. I would love to. Though. I, I, I am so tempted now. You know, like I've got a few client calls tomorrow on Zoom. I'm so tempted just to go on with a cat filter. Um, just see the reaction. I, th- I think I think it'll be a great icebreaker now. To be honest, I, yeah. th- I think yeah, yeah. I think I think the times of um, you know when you used to be in, in in the office and you had to go and and meet clients in their offices or a coffee shop, and that first few minutes are like, so how'd you get here? Oh yeah, you know I'm around the corner and and the weather's been nice and you know all this sort of stuff. How's your day been? How's your week been? I think now we can just have a. You know, I think we could now just have a very, very fun time, uh, you know, to do Turning that. Turn yourself into a cat. 100%. I, I just love the fact as well that it it wasn't something trivial. It was quite a serious court case. <laughs> <laughs> and he felt the need to explain that he was, I, I, I am not a cat. <laughs> oh, God. It was so funny. Yet again. Uh, yet again. Hey. Yeah, well, after last week uh, with the parish council, it's just, you know, the internet. The internet, it, it's like it knows that we're in this slightly awkward situation and we need stuff to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, that would be very, very good. Very, very good. Anything else been going on in your week this, in your world rather this week? Cricket, uh, obviously. A lot of cricket, I think. A lot and, of and, cricket, early mornings. And, yeah, and the beauty of it is that you're working from home, aren't you? So you know you, you don't actually miss any of it uh whereas before <laughs> whereas did, you, before, did you were you getting up for the morning session yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah i used to i used to get oh, up um that's about four i used to get up early and then yeah yeah i, I used to now because i'm working from home i mean i was used to roll out of bed and, and roll into the office or this room which i've made a, a kind of makeshift office but um like back in the day, you know, if cricket was on in the morning, I'd be I'd be watching that at three, four o'clock in the morning, and then uh, and then making my way to work, um, and then maybe catching like the last few hours uh, at my desk. Uh, slyly, slyly, slyly. Although I have been found out a few times uh, <laughs> where I've been fist pumping the air randomly at half nine, and everyone's looking around, going, what, "What's wrong with him?" <laughs> it's, it's it's a good thing that your boss and your boss's boss love cricket, right? It is, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very good thing. Uh, it's, yeah. it's it's a get out of trouble card as well. Yeah, when you when you feel like you might be might be in jail for something, you just yeah. go. You, are you are you watching the cricket? Are you watching yeah. the cricket? Yeah, but did you see that ball? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Great deflection. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he'll listen uh, to this. He'll listen to this, and you'll know exactly what we're on about. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, who would want to miss that over from Anderson? Right, yeah. anyway, I feel that we should get into the meat of the show. Um, 
Today's guest, Philip from Zilch, uh, we're going to be talking all about buy now, pay later. So it's a bit of a longer interview than normal. No tech news today, just some reaction to this in uh, this interview, but worth sinking your teeth into. Have a listen. We'll be back afterwards. So on today's show, I'm talking to Philip. Uh, Philip, you're the CEO and founder of Zilch. How are you this morning? Very good and you. Thanks for having me, David. Um, look, you're obviously from South Africa, listening to your accent, but where, whereabouts are you based? Um, so I'm based in London, and yep. uh, but yes, from Johannesburg, South Africa. So moved across to the UK about seven or so, six and a half years ago now. Um, so uh, so yeah, based in London as we speak. And um, how long have Zilch been going? So we actually set the business up at the back end of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know how these things are. You kind of takes a little while to get, uh, everything in place, get bank accounts open. And, and I think I mentioned that specifically because that's what takes a while. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, getting a bank account open, et cetera, and, and, and convincing the, the first few people that you feel will be really valuable to the team to join you. So sort of back end of 2018, kind of just really getting the core team together, um, corporate structure set up. And then really we only started building the product in 2019. Um, I have to I have to say sorry to jump in. I mean I asked I asked how long Zilch have been going because obviously as, as someone who's come over to the UK from from South Africa it's it's heartening to hear a founder with a success story post Brexit in the financial services sector in London. So uh you know whilst I'm no fan of necessarily what's going on in the political environment really positive to hear from a technology standpoint. Yeah, and look, I mean, I would still say for us anyway, you know, London, that's that's really, London was the place we wanted to be. You know, I just think, you know, still for me, it feels very much like, you know, definitely one of the major tech hubs in the world still today. And from mm-hmm. a fintech standpoint, I think it's a phenomenal place to, to, to set something like this up. Obviously, before COVID, you had the added benefit of, you know, you could, You've got people from different backgrounds, cultures, you know, experiences all in one place in London. And there's nothing better than diversity like that to go and build a truly, you know, phenomenal product. Uh, we don't just have kind of one or two sided view of things. So that's really why for yeah. me, I just thought London's the place to be, you know. So, yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited and happy that, that we've got our headquarters in London and this is where we operate from. Look, before we get into anything else, um, We've we've mentioned Zilch. We haven't exactly explained what what Zilch does. So let's let's start there. Give us a bit of background and and uh, a synopsis of what the what the platform is. Yeah, sure. So you know, I, I think the the kind of the four words on everyone's lips at the moment is buy now, pay later. And um, you know, a lot of a lot of people will kind of group Zilch into this this bracket. So effectively, uh, because our customer is able to pay in four with our product. And so people, uh, you know, tend to sort of group us in with some of the other providers in the space. Um, but effectively, you know, Zilch is a, a product that allows a customer to go and split the cost of anything they're purchasing online today and in store in the next month or so into four payments. So they pay 25% on checkout and 25% every two weeks. They repay for the entire good over six weeks. Um, and the fundamental difference uh, between traditional buy now, pay later and, and Zilch really is that we're a direct-to-consumer provider. So what you find with a lot of the other providers in, in the market, in fact, all of them, is their actual customers are retailers. So they sign up companies like ASOS and Nike, Adidas, et cetera, and that's the customer. 
really for the buy now, pay later provider. And then that customer, the retailer offers payment installment plans when you're checking out. With Zilch, we do things a bit differently. We don't go via retailers. We go direct to customers and offer them the experience to use our product wherever they like. And so the fundamental difference in alignment really is that traditional buy now, pay later focuses on retailers. Um, we focus very much on customers. So, so some people kind of more likely compare us to kind of this mix between buy now, pay later and Amex, you know, sort of all the convenience of a card, but all of the, um, you know, uh, transparency and ease of use of buy now, pay later combined with that. So, so really that's why our customers, um, you know, uh, use our service more significantly than most other providers. Yeah. Sorry, this might be a really stupid question, but just so I'm clear on this, when you say pay wherever they like, obviously at the minute everything's online and we're kind of stuck at home. Just just to kind of be clear, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so so they could go anywhere. So we, we teamed up with MasterCard, some uh, partner of ours uh, in a previous business of mine. I was very close to MasterCard. And, and we went back to them with this idea and, and kind of said, look, all of these other providers in Buy Now Pay Letter, are, 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 they've got these proprietary systems and they're going and integrating one retailer at a time. And it's quite cumbersome for the retailer, for them, and the rollout's quite slow. And more importantly, for the consumer, for the customer, it's a little confusing, right? Because, you know, you go to one website today and there's one provider and you go to another website tomorrow and there's another provider can become a little difficult to track where your money is and what you've spent. So right. our idea with Zilch was to say, how can we bring the same functionality, which is effectively pay over time for free, no interest and no fees. How can we bring that direct to customers and let them go where they like, wherever they like? And that includes Amazon, eBay, Etsy, not on the high street, all of them, right? And, and so we teamed up with MasterCard um, and built our product on top of the MasterCard rails. So when our customer signs up for Zilch, they get issued a virtual MasterCard. They can uh, today save that to their browser, save it to Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Google Pay very shortly. And they can effectively go and split the cost of anything with, at any retailer that accepts MasterCard. And so that's what I really mean by anywhere. Um, yeah. And today that's just for online, as you say, you know, hasn't been much point in us launching our tap to pay over time product with everything going on today. But we certainly want to be part of the solution, you know, uh, for the high street recovery when um, when this COVID thing finally tapers off. Uh, we'll be launching very shortly our tap to pay over time, which will be the first of its kind in the country. And that will allow our customer not only to shop online and pay over time for free, but to shop anywhere in store and pay over time too. So look, I mean, this this is obviously something that's going to appeal to millennials, to Gen Z uh, in particular. Uh, and you say there, no interest, no fees. Um, I suppose the attraction then to the retailer is that it makes it easier for people to to spend and to buy. So how do you how do you and look? You mentioned there about the recovery of the high street. It is important that people go out and spend money where they can because that's how the economy is going to keep moving, right? But I suppose there is that thin line that you've got to straddle between wanting to offer a service and encourage people to spend a bit of money, but doing so in a way that doesn't put them in financial difficulty, right? Yeah, and that's a to be honest, uh, that's a fantastic comment, and you know one that's also you know I think very relevant right now. You know, if you if if you kind of have a look at what's going on around, um, you know, uh, Chris Wallace's review that came out this morning, um, and what the FCA have, have come out to say is is really they're going to look at regulating the space, 
Um, of course, there's not much detail yet around how that will look. But what you've just said there is, is, is perfectly correct, David. I mean, ultimately what you want is the democratization of free credit. That is what we want to see. And I think by now, Paylater has gone a huge distance into making that happen. You know, traditionally, people only had a set number of options, and typically that was running credit-type products like credit cards, mm. um, or it was your, your more simple but very expensive products like overdrafts. If you can believe it, some banks in this country today are still charging between one and two pounds a day for an unplanned overdraft. Um, you know, that's, that's almost rates similar to what we used to see in payday lending. Uh, frankly, uh, if you if you have to actually go and, and calculate the APRs, and then you st- and then you have these payday type lenders that we all know, you know, rightfully so, <laughs> most of which no longer exist. So mm-hmm. so unfortunately, people only had certain options, and I think it's it, you know some of that came down to how people were cre- calculating credit worthiness, and if you look at young millennial Gen Z customers, um, you know a lot of people could say a lot about you know, this group of people. But one thing we've learned from our customers is, in fact, this is the most savvy customer that we've ever seen. They have the most information at their fingertips um, that we've ever seen, and and certainly more so than any generation before them. Our customer, in fact, never overpays for a flight or accommodation or a meal uh, or or travel. Um, You know, they really are very financially savvy. So, you know, I think it's important to note that they just will not accept and put up with predatory rates and fees, even when it comes to products like credit cards or charge cards for 22.7% APR. Everyone knows that it's difficult to understand what that calculation equates to in a fee. I mean, what's funny is when we talk about this with people in the industry, I'll often sit in a meeting and say to people around the table, all right, I'll tell you what, assume I have a you know a thousand pounds outstanding at the end of a 45-day period on my uh, branded charge card, can you please tell me after 10 days what the fees equate to? These are people who issue the cards, cannot even tell me the answer. And our customers just are certainly not up for it, right? So they don't want uh, this kind of lack of transparency in how they transact. They want to know exactly what saying costs, make the decision if they're willing to pay that, and then if they are, make use of the product and that cost shouldn't change. And that's why buy now, pay later, actually as an industry and some of the other players that people call our competitors, I think actually have done a phenomenal job in bringing very low cost or completely free credit um, to people who otherwise would have been excluded, mostly because of, of course, the old school way of assessing credit worthiness uh, through through the old sort of credit checks and bureaus, which still today serve a a great purpose. Unfortunately, don't tell us much about the affordability of a young customer. That doesn't have a credit history. So, so for me, I think, you know, very good point there, David. I think what we want to be doing is promoting responsible use of a product like this. And this is why, if you look at the market today, Zilch is still today the first and only buy now pay later provider in the UK that is regulated by the FCA. So, so most of the other providers are operating under an exemption. And we could have chosen to go the same route with our business, but we'd really just decided to to go the regulated route. And the way we saw this is we said, if we're trying to bring the most amount of value to the customer, how is it that we can ensure that if they're using this product, they have a good understanding of what the product is, 
this is a debt instrument. It's something that you do are going to create a liability for yourself that you need to repay. The customer should understand that well. And, and if as long as the customer understands that well, I think what we will find is this will probably be one of the most accepted and should be uh, one of the most popular ways of paying over time, mainly because it is, uh, without doubt, uh, the most affordable way for a customer to do so. So I think I think you know um, yeah. we really believe we're leading the charge in 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 terms of regulation, and we worked very closely with the FCA for over a year. We went through the sandbox process of theirs, you know, which I would I would encourage any new fintech looking to do something to really look at applying for that because it's probably one of the you know the world leaders when you look at innovation around regulation. I don't know any other regulator who runs a sandbox and is willing to learn from that. Um, and we spent 12 months in that process with the FCA figuring out how we can build this model so that we don't just take creditworthiness into account, but affordability. And, you know, and, and that's what the whole conversation today is centered around. So, so, David, we really are looking to see how we can assist even some of these other firms in, in, in really changing perhaps how they assess the affordability of the customer. Um, you know, so much so that, that we may even look at publishing a white paper explaining how we do things without the combination of our open banking and soft credit yeah. technology, you know, almost kind of taking an open source approach to this and saying, well, hang on, what's best for the customer is actually if all of the buy now, pay later providers are doing this right. Um, and then you can win that customer's attention having an awesome product. And I think so look, that, 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 is a point that, I'll, that is a point I'll jump in on, right? Because what you're describing there is a wonderful you know, it's a wonderful kind of approach to this, but how are you attracting customers? I know, I know that you have, I know that you've grown through the pandemic, which is fantastic to hear, but I think this is an interesting point for the CEOs and founders who are maybe trying to get products out to market because I'll be perfectly honest. I hadn't heard of Zilch and I have seen some of your competitors when I've gone to check out online. Uh, so if you're targeting the consumer rather than the retailer as a customer, I suppose the retailer is going to push some of those competitors into the face of customers uh, more readily when they're at the checkout. So how how are you doing it? How are you picking up those customers and how are you making it, making a success of it at the moment? It's a great question. And actually, perhaps without knowing, you've stumbled on something quite complex there. And you know, so let's let's let me answer you in two two ways. So the first is let me just comment on retailers promoting this at the checkout. Let's talk about that quickly. I actually think if you look at what the ASA recently uh, took umbrage with 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 uh, a provider in the market was exactly around this marketing at the checkout. Um, and and very soon once this is regulated, of course, that'll be the FCA's domain, and I'm sure they will have a, a similar view. I do think there is an argument to be made where there is a, a could potentially be a slight problem marketing this product as some providers do through retailers at the checkout point. Mm -hmm. and, and the problem there is that the argument to be made is would the customer otherwise have bought that should they not have had the ease of use of being able to simply pay a quarter of the price in the rest of the time? Um, and I think, I think there's a lot of people really trying to dig in and look at what the data shows us. Now, notoriously, in buy now, pay later, default rates are substantially lower than what you would see on average in credit card or other types of lending. 
mostly because it's important to know that buy now, pay later is built on what's called a fixed sum lending model. It's not a running balance. It's not a running credit model. So if you look at credit cards, their entire business model is actually based on lending you enough money that you cannot afford to repay on time because they only make the interest and fees on the portion of money you do not repay after the free period. As a good example, if you have a card from one of the sort of leading providers in the market here in the UK, and they give you 45 days interest free, their objective is to lend you enough money during that time that you do not clear the, to the total balance by the 40-day mark, because obviously that is where they start to be able to bill you 22.7% APR, not only on the money from that day moving forward, but in some cases retrospectively. And so that's their business model. It's almost built on overlending. In fact, it's completely the opposite in buy now, pay later. In buy now, pay later, all of the companies are making a fixed fee per transaction from the retailer. And so therefore, it's actually in their interest for you to pay them back on time every single time. Because the, the longer the money is out the door, the smaller the margin gets on that transaction for the provider because they aren't charging the customer anything. Hmm. So actually, the entire model is based on you repaying on time. And that is why you have this inherent protection built into buy now, pay later products. And, and, and what I mean by that is if you are late for an installment, typically the providers freeze you from making any further or new purchases. They will send you SMS alerts or you'll get in-app notifications. You owe this money. We're going to bill you tomorrow. You should log in and you should do it. Why do you not get those from your credit card provider? Because they want you to be late. In buy now, pay later, the whole model is based on you being early or on time. And so I think there really is, you know, that is something the market does need to understand. This is the most responsible way for a customer to spread the cost of something. I truly believe that. And in fact, the cheapest way, right? The most affordable way. So with that said, though, let's come back, sorry, to the checkout page. This is what the ASA was, you know, kind of raised this, this issue with one of the big providers recently in the market in the UK. And that is, how are they actually promoting themselves to customers? And, and just picture the scene, right? You're scrolling through Instagram, you see a pair of shoes that you really like the look of, and it's one of the, these kind of new drop shipping type websites, so it's a no-name type brand. You click them, you go to their page, you see the shoes, 80 pounds, but I can pay uh, 20 pounds today, click here. Now, for me, I think there must be an argument made where there could be a, a case of impulse buying, and therefore there may be a case of people overburdening, overburdening themselves with a, you know, by going into debt in this case where they otherwise might not have chosen to do so. Because unfortunately, yeah. at the checkout page, there's just not enough time to explain all the T's and C's, et cetera. So these incumbents in the market are all trying to make it quicker and faster to check out because they're under pressure from their customer, who's the retailer, saying to them, I don't want drop-off, I don't want basket abandonment. So I think the problem there is you've got this marketing of a debt instrument, um, you know, at, at the point of impulse, you could say, uh, that probably is maybe not, you could argue, fully disclosed. And I would say yeah, you yeah. could argue that because I've seen examples where it is. So I, I think it's something to be looked at. With Zilch, again, the fundamental difference is we market through social media, online, as, as most companies do today. Companies interact with that advert of ours. They come to Zilch. 
They read the terms and conditions. They do their full sign up with Zilch, KYC, onboarding, identity verification, agree to the terms and conditions, and understand what the product is. They're signing up for this product that allows them to split the cost of something. In other words, they know this is a debt instrument. And the same way that Amex, for instance, can give you a cool deal or a discount at some place and they can market that to you, that's very responsible marketing because you understand the implication of using your Amex card is that you have to pay that balance back. It's the same with Zilch. You've signed up directly for us. You understand the terms of the agreement. We're regulated by the FCA, and so therefore our terms and conditions comply with this regulation. The customer gets that. And in the future, if there's a discount or a deal they could have from some retailer, we can offer that to them, and they understand that making use of our product is, in fact, a dead instrument. I think that's where in, in the incumbents case where they simply integrated with retailers at point of sale, uh, point of sale perhaps that's a little more murky. And, and, and maybe we're going to need to see a bit more visibility around their terms and conditions and, for instance, their late fee structure at the point of sale, which today is not very clear. Yeah. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what's good about it is it's giving – it's giving a lot of credibility to, to shoppers. I mean, you, you mentioned before that millennials and Gen Z are, are clued up. And, and I suppose what you're saying there is you're, you're, you're giving them the information to make a responsible choice, which is a real positive, right? Um, Absolutely. Coming back to one quick point to, to finish this interview on, you mentioned about COVID. You mentioned about one of the benefits of London is that it's a melting pot, the diversity. You said you're proud to be headquartered in London. I know that you've uh, you've raised some money. You're looking to expand the team at the minute. So if anyone's listening and they're in technology, why don't you head over to the Zilch website and have a look? Um, what's, your, what's your thinking on what happens post-pandemic? I assume that you won't go back to five days a week in the office if you have ever were that model. So how does how does a place like London retain what's good about London whilst also fitting into the into the slightly changed world that we now inhabit? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd like to. I mean, there's a couple of things I would say around that. As you know, we've we've kind of first and foremost, I think we've just been fortunate to be in a position where. We've had people willing to back the vision of the business through COVID because, of course, you know, fundraising, everything was made more difficult. Um, and, and it really is, I think it's come down to really just the tenacity of the team and the amount of time and energy and, and, and love they've poured into the product. And, you know, we've even had a couple of, of investors say to us, we really made the decision to invest based on your, you know, predominantly, you know, the, fundali- the underlying fundamentals of the company are strong, but if we go and we look at your trust pilot reviews and compare those with others, um, you know, it's chalk and cheese. And I think, you know, and I think that's kind of where we've come from, which is this position of responsibility. Let's get that license, you know, let's be regulated and let's go and offer a customer the most affordable way to split payments anywhere. And, you know, it seems to be resonating. And, and, and so, so not to kind of um, go on a tangent, I, I think David, it's for me, you know, we're humbled and, and, and really excited, excited by the amount of support we've gotten by consumers. You know, we're growing at about 70,000 customers a month at the moment um, and, and, you know, investment alike. And, you know, with that said, <laughs> you know, how do, we see, how do we see the future after COVID? I think we play a fundamental role during COVID. We've certainly seen, you know, uh, people relying on services like ours. We've introduced products like Snooze to give people more time for free to make repayments. 
uh, particularly when we use open banking data and we can predict that this payment is going to come due in between payday or wages on that behalf of on behalf of that customer. Um, we'll suggest to them that they snooze the payment and can make good later. So, you know, I think we've done a lot of good during this period and we've certainly grown tremendously. I think the future for our product post-COVID is to just really, you know, look at how else we can help customers get maximum value out of how they transact. And so for us, we really see, um, you know, buy now, pay later is, is kind of for us what books were to Amazon really. It's the starting point for us. We think that it's a phenomenal entry point and we're doing it, we believe, substantially better than most others. But mm. but really, we think there's a much bigger picture and very soon customers will be able to use Zilch to pay everything now and receive discounts, deals and cashbacks. And then at the same time, uh, spread the cost of something over time anywhere, online and in store. And, and even better, split the cost of something over a longer period of time which may um, you know, cost them a fixed fee, uh, but no interest of any kind. And, yeah. and so really, you know, that's where we're headed with the product. And we feel that this way, we can start to actually provide a view for a customer when they check out as to what's the best decision for them to make based on their cash flow. In other words, should you be splitting this or do you think you should actually pay this now? And that's really where we would love to be. So that, that's the direction of travel for us. And we feel that that might go a long way to helping people manage cash flow as we creep out of this COVID period, furloughs come off, you know, perhaps some of those jobs aren't quite yet back. We, we want to play a big role in, in helping people there. Um, but when it comes to then to the business side and what are we doing with the team, <laughs> honestly, very good question. And for now, you know, we all remote. And, and we've seen what I think a lot of other companies have seen. In the beginning, productivity, you know, went through the roof. And then sort of, you know, as time has elapsed, that's sort of tapered off in the first lockdown. Uh, and then, of course, we got a bit of relief, started going back to the office. And then the second lockdown came around and we're seeing the same, you know. Um, you know, I think people are tired of just being on their own and quite isolated. They, they don't. You know, people like to be around the energy of other people, especially when you've got a startup like ours, where we've gone from, you know, a, a team of 13 to almost 60 people, all of that hired through COVID, which is quite bizarre, right? You're onboarding people virtually. They've never met other people in person. Um, but but what we'll probably do is we'll, we'll probably adopt a bit of a hybrid model. So, you know, we really want to get the office set up again. I think it's a great place for people to come, feed off the energy, you know, get some ideas from colleagues, touch base. And, and we've got a young team as well. You know, people want to interact with other people. They don't want to sit in a, in a you know, in a room share, flat share on their own uh, week in and week out. So, you know, we have a young team. They want to come in. They want to interact. But at the same time, I think we want to offer that flexibility that all of us have come to kind of now appreciate to a large extent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and I can certainly say the same for myself. So it's because we're, we're actually expecting our first in, in May. And um, I think some flexibility is going to go a long way there because I've always been uh, very <laughs> in the office all day, every day. So um, so I think a bit of flexibility there is, is, you know, it kind of broadens, it's broadened our minds, COVID, as to what's possible. Yeah. So I think a hybrid model where people can come together, feed off that energy, but at the same time take time you know, to do the things that are important to them, we found, you know, that sort of frame of mind for our for our team is is vital to people being productive. 
Look, Philip, it's 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 been fantastic uh, to speak to you. Uh, a thoroughly involved and interesting conversation around something that's entirely relevant right now. So thank you for your time and giving up some time to to share your thoughts with us on the podcast. And and I'll also say congratulations and good luck for May. <laughs> thank you very much. Appreciate that, David. We'll chat soon. All right. Right, so I've purpose. I, I've I've not used buy now pay later. I'll be yep. perfectly honest, but I have seen their rivals at the checkout. Mm-hmm. Um, has it has it been something that you've thought? Yeah, that's that's feasible. That's something that I'd that I'd use. Or do you think it's a proposition that maybe you would have used a couple of years back? Do you know what I, I was th- I was thinking about this when I was listening to the interview? I think it, it sounds it sounds a lot easier and manageable now than it used to be there's always this massive clout around buy now pay later isn't there whereas it's like oh you know if you miss a date they don't tell you and you've got to pay by a certain time and then you get hit with you know 400 percent, you know kind of apr on on kind of whatever's left and all these sorts of things so having worked in retail back in the day and selling buy now pay later for fun uh you know i'm talking 11 12 years ago but on on fairly expensive you know electronic items mm. right which which kind yeah. of makes sense because you can then spread out the cost um you know it, it's much affordable and it allows you to get something potentially that you can't afford at the time but you can afford and, and kind of spread the costs out and stuff so so i get it i get it completely and i've done that myself um yeah with furniture um yeah you know with um with with electronics as well um in, in my house so I get it in terms of where the kind of normal consumer or their market is. I mean, someone like me, and it it sounds a bit braggy, doesn't it? But I don't necessarily think that I would need to spread it out because, and that's not because I'm, I'm, I'm being, you know, uh, obnoxious or something. I think it's just, I'd rather just not have the hassle, just kind of get get on with it, you know? But here's another question. Do you have a credit Mm -hmm. card? Yeah. You see, this is, I was thinking about this. I have a credit card. Yep. And I was listening to Philip talk and it's like, hang on a minute. I kind of think of buy now, pay later as, yeah, you're right. Maybe me not needing that because mm. there, there are other alternatives available mm. to me. Mm. But the credit card arrangement, when you kind of take a step back and look at it and what Zilch are offering, you kind of go, I'm just being a bit stupid there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and, and I agree. I agree. My yeah. own sense of entitlement, pride, misguided, you know, though it might be, is mm. shooting myself in my foot. I think I think it's down to education, is it? When I was listening to all of it, I was like, well, it's down to kind of education and down to, I guess, a little bit of when when I was younger, it was all about kind of build up your credit file. You know, it mm. was, you know, do these sorts of things. Was I successful at that? Hell no. Because um, I was young and, and found myself, you know, kind of buying stupid trainers and, and going out and, and doing all these sorts of things. Whilst Nothing university. wrong with buying stupid trainers. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. But I think... I think now it's more kind of educating the consumer or educating the market in terms of saying, look, you can buy these things, you can do certain elements, but also, you know, the the, the fact that Zilch look at not necessarily someone's credit ability, but more their affordability as well. I think that helps um, mm. because, and, and, and this is, this is why I like them because what I've found and what I've seen, if you have a mortgage, mm. you have a car on finance and let's say for that mortgaged house that you live in, you've then bought a few sofas, a big screen TV, and a coffee table, and a dining table, whatever. You've taken a few things on credit. I'm talking from my example here, being quite personal. Mm-hmm. Your credit rating isn't the greatest. 
right? So if I was to go out and get, you know, wanting to get something, my credit rating wouldn't be as good as maybe just a Joe Blogs on the street. But if if my affordability and my kind of background and, and kind of, you know, history of paying back things was actually taken into account, then then I'm I'm good for it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I think I think what they're providing is a great service. Um and, and I think given kind of people's financial difficulties with being put on furlough, with um, you know, a lot of a lot of people kind of facing unemployment, um, you know, doing certain things, I, I think platforms like Zilch will allow them to at least carry on, you know, kind of their consumer ways. I think you mentioned a point around they're not encouraging people to spend outside of their means. It's not a case of take this and go absolute crazy. It's about whether you can afford it at this time, that may not be an issue, but you, you know, as long as you can afford it at a point down the line and pay them back, then it's fine. He talks about creating the, you know, the most values of the customer, but making Mm. sure that people understand that you are creating liability for yourself. That, That is a fundamental thing to understand. You are. And, and also at, at this time, I think where we are, you, you, you know, a lot of people didn't forecast uh, the circumstances that they may be living right now. Yeah. So whilst you're not having to maybe compromise on things that you're buying, you can then use that money elsewhere. So people probably didn't anticipate that each one of their kids who are at primary school need their own laptop with their own word and office package because that's how schools are going to be going on this year do you know what i mean so they could use the money that they maybe could chalk out and spend on one of these you know websites to get whatever but Mm. use the platform of zilch you know pay a little bit pay the rest later but use the money that's left you know elsewhere um within their kind of family you raise a good point there, right? Where you talk about many people be, you might not have expected to find themselves in the circumstances they now are. I, I was yeah. having a conversation randomly with with Lorne Rallon, who's the CIO of um, Step Change Debt Charity uh, this week. And I say randomly, not not a random conversation. It was random timing <laughs> that these two things come together. <laughs> Explain Did, myself clearly. Didn't bump, um, bump into her on the, on the run next to the Thames, huh? Oh, no, uh, she's up in Leeds. So that would have been really impressive. Um yeah. Long run. Uh, no, uh, and she was talking about the fact that their demo- their demographic of customer has changed. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's middle-class families, previously high earners, people who, who already had got quite a lot of outgoings, you know, for households that didn't expect to be in these circumstances. And, and we all have this culture of, of expecting to be able to buy something if we want it, mm-hmm. and therefore probably not having the kind of reassurance and not being particularly good at um, budgeting Mm. Whereas if you earn less, if you mm. earn like 200 pounds a month and that has to last you the month, you're probably really good at budgeting. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. and you know, Zilch have, have grown mm. dramatically through the pandemic. Mm. And that's probably a good thing because there are prob- there are more people who find themselves in a situation where that service would be, would be um, useful to them. But you hope that it's through organizations that have an element of responsible leadership involved. Yeah, hundred percent, and I think um, I think the point of those that weren't used to budgeting or forecasting, or you know, have have been pretty used to kind of luxurious spreeing and and spending. I think whereas they they probably need the more education, right? Or or mm-hmm. kind of yeah. you know, like, oh shit, you know, what do I do here? Um, and and I've seen it, you know, even even though we've been quite lucky, um, both you and I, you know, we've not kind of 
faced employment challenges that you know a lot of people may have faced um, this year yep. or last year. Um, yeah, I think they've been installated in that regard. Yeah, exactly. So, but at the same time, you know, I know I have, and and you've had to kind of reevaluate. You know, what I'm spending on, what I'm kind of using my money for. You know, what I'm kind of doing, um, and, and then kind of moving things on from there. So, hundred percent, hundred percent agree with her. Um, you know, and and but with people like Zilch, I think they're making it. Um, uh, you know, the, the platform and the product, they are actually making it reasonable, easy to understand. That was also another thing where all this buy now, pay later. I mean, I remember doing something for some sofas a few years ago and the receipt was about this small, but then the terms and conditions were about five pages, right? So I think whereas you go on the Zilch website, you can read exactly, you know, what the the, 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 the kind of T's and C's are. Very easy to understand. It's all done from an app. Everything is at the moment. But because it's now easier to understand, get your kind of head around it, I think people are, are kind of more likely to use it. Um, I know my sister uses kind of, you know, similar similar um, platforms. Um, I think my girlfriend's kind of used some in the past as well, um, which kind of helps. I think it probably makes them feel like they're not using you know asos as much as they probably are um, but that's that, that's that's another issue um but yeah you know i, I think i think it's great i think it's very very good so here we are we're, we're we are positive on zilch uh mm. philip thanks for taking the time to speak to us on the podcast as i said no no tech news today because it was a beast of an interview loads of information in it but uh we're probably getting towards the end of our runtime so look akish thanks for joining me everyone else have a lovely weekend Give you the satisfaction